When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we're all realizing that the quality of our air, and particularly the quality of our indoor air, is really darn important. I'm so excited to tell you about Puro Air because in 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called a HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. I keep my Puro Air running upstairs where the bedrooms are all night. I love that it's quiet. Cleaner air just hits different, doesn't it? Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, getpuroair.com. Well, hello there and welcome back. You're listening to another episode of the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast, a show about intentional and eco-minimalist living. On today's show, I am answering a listener's question all about getting organized in a smallish space. So I'm going to go ahead and read her email, and then we'll get straight into my thoughts. So here's the email. Hi, Stephanie. This is Sophie from Sydney, Australia. My husband and I have a 13-month-old, and we're thinking of adding another to our family soon. I'm desperate for tips about staying organized in a two-bedroom townhouse. Our son shares the spare room with some storage and furniture, while my husband is working from home from a desk in our bedroom. We are heavily influenced by nature schooling and Montessori philosophy, so we don't have heaps of toys, but there are some sentimental items like furniture, woodworking, sewing, and other hobby materials, and so many clothes it seems silly to give them away when we're hoping to have more kids in the not-too-distant future. Thanks, Sophie. Well, Sophie, I have three tips for you as you seek to navigate the stuff, the growing stuff alongside your growing family and your two-bedroom townhouse. My first tip for you and any listener listening who is struggling with the organization piece is to number one, prioritize what is important for your family. Now, Sophie, it sounds like you've already done this. Everything you wrote to me about, the sentimental furniture, the baby clothes, the woodworking and sewing supplies, I'm going to assume that because you took the time to write about these items to me, these are important items to you. So you've already prioritized what's important for your family. I would say that you mentioned the sentimental furniture. Once you've prioritized the stuff, in this case the furniture, That means you're committed to keeping it. And if you're committed to keeping it, I say, don't just keep it, don't just store it, but use it. Sit in that sentimental chair or eat at that sentimental table. If it's important enough to keep, then it should be front and center in your home and it should be used, it should be loved on, it should be enjoyed. So the furniture that should go then is not the sentimental furniture, but everything else Look at every other piece of furniture in your house with a side eye and say to yourself, well, this isn't what I wrote to Stephanie about, so could it potentially go? Look critically at all the stuff you didn't write to me about. If you've already decided that the sentimental furniture or the baby clothes and the craft supplies are what's important and you cannot declutter them, 
then I say we move on to step two, which is to declutter the non-important stuff. In your case, Sophie, I'm going to guess that the non-important stuff is everything that you didn't write to me about. The excess kitchen gadgets that are taking up space in your kitchen. Could you free up a cabinet in your kitchen for your sewing machine, perhaps? I don't know. We don't usually keep sewing machines in the kitchen, but in a two-bedroom townhouse where space is tight, we are going to take what we can get. So take a look at your kitchen gadgets. Take a look at the clothes in your closet. Are there items in there you haven't worn in six months or more that you could potentially let go of? Could you potentially free up a drawer for some of the baby clothes that you mentioned? Take that line of thinking, decluttering the non-essentials, and apply it to every corner of your house. So what's a non-essential and what could benefit from a clean-out? I suggest you remember the concept of space limits here. You mentioned that you live in a two-bedroom townhouse and you're thinking of adding to your family. So you're not just adding a person, potentially, you're also adding another person's stuff. In your case, your two-bedroom townhouse is your space limit. Gas expands to fill its container, and similarly, possessions expand to fill their container as well, which in your case is your two-bedroom townhouse. We have to remove the excess from within your container so that the excess doesn't squeeze you out. Sophie, you did mention that you're desperate for organization tips, and I'm going to give you some in a minute, but just a quick reminder here, organizing requires significant time as a commitment. And that's because in order to stay organized, not get organized, get organized is hard enough, but in order to stay organized for the long haul, you have to consistently put in the time to maintain the organizational systems that you created. And that's why I always, always, always recommend trimming the fat, decluttering first. So, That leads me to step number three, which is to trim the fat on your essential items. So again, I'm assuming from your email that your essential items are the sentimental furniture, the baby clothes for baby number two, and your sewing and your woodworking supplies. That's the stuff you've decided. They're non-negotiables. You're keeping this stuff. Okay, great. That was step one. You did it. Awesome. Now, step three is to determine where you're going to store this stuff. Maybe in your container, in your two-bedroom townhouse, you only have one free drawer in which to hold all your sewing supplies. Maybe for the baby clothes, you only have one shelf in your closet, that top shelf perhaps, to fit a bin uh, to hold all the clothes. If that's all the space you have, then that's all the space you have. So let's take that baby clothes example. If you have one box to fit on one shelf in one corner of one closet and that's all the space you have for the baby clothes, I suggest you be choosy with the clothes that you decide to keep and put in the box because you can't have more than the box. Space limits. Perhaps there was an outfit that your son wore when he was an infant that was a pain for you to put on. Maybe it scratched his neck. Maybe it had suspenders that always fell down. I don't know. If you've been holding on to outfits like that, perhaps those you do not keep. Perhaps you pass those on. Are there items in the baby box area that are stained or ripped or 
something's wrong with them. And even though, yes, they fulfill their utility, they don't fit in the box. Maybe those get passed on or in the case of something stained or ripped, maybe those items become a rag. My number one organizational tip for you is to determine where your essential item is going to go and then trim the essential item so that all of it fits in the space you've chosen. So what does this look like in my life? I'm going to give you an example and I'm going to go with craft supplies because you mentioned sewing and woodworking. I love a good craft project, (laughs) right? And so that means that over time, my crafting supply area grows and grows and grows because I don't like to throw out items that I could potentially use later. Yet I've learned that there's a real fine line between storing stuff that I'm definitely going to use versus storing stuff that I'm likely never going to use and storing it simply because I don't want to throw it away. So for me, my craft stuff, I have one bin, one plastic lidded bin. And yes, I did say plastic. It's like a tote. And all my craft supplies have to fit in this one plastic tote. The plastics tote is my space limit. It's a non-negotiable for me. Yes, I have other space. I have more space in my house in which I could put craft stuff. But for me, a way of keeping my storing of craft supplies and I should say hoarding of craft supplies under control, it's a non-negotiable that all my craft supplies have to fit in this singular tote. So if I'm putting something in this box, but the box is full, then something has to come out. That right there is the beauty of enacting space limits. I should say also when it comes to arts and crafts stuff in particular, I've noticed that my needs and my hobbies change as I grow older. So I don't necessarily need to keep all my scrapbooking stuff if I've moved on to knitting, right? If I haven't scrapbooked in a decade, there are definitely some supplies I could pass on to avid scrapbookers. It's hard to let go of craft stuff And that's because if you're a crafty person, you likely view all this stuff as having enormous potential. I see that working really well with you. You mentioned you're a sewer. So scraps of fabric have so much potential, right? But I think it's really important to be honest with yourself about whether that potential is realistically ever going to come to fruition or whether you're being aspirational in your storing and keeping up the stuff. So If you're aspirational like I am, I also suggest when it comes to crafts, give yourself a deadline to finish a project. So if you don't finish that woodworking chair by December, let's assume that that chair is never going to get made. If you don't finish that quilt by mm, next June, perhaps making that quilt is not a priority for you right now, and it's okay if it's not. And I think it's about getting real with where you're at in your life and getting real with mm, what you should keep because you're actually going to use it versus what you're keeping because you are aspiring to be, do, and create something that is unattainable right now. So Sophie, my bottom line for you is to remember that it's about priorities and about prioritizing. You've already prioritized your essentials, whether you know it or not, because you wrote to me about them, the furniture, the baby clothes, the craft supplies. (laughs) And then it's about prioritizing again, prioritizing a second time, if you will, by keeping the essentials in those prioritized categories. So I really hoped this helped you. Listeners, if you have some organization tips for Sophie as she 
gets ready to perhaps introduce another tiny human into her two-bedroom townhouse, you can reach out to me and I will add your tips in another episode. You can reach out to me. My email's in this week's show notes. The voicemail for the podcast is in this week's show notes. Share the organizing love by leaving me a message or leaving me a voicemail so I can pass it on to Sophie and others who may be struggling with the space limits conundrum. I will see you on Tuesday for your regularly scheduled interview. Have an amazing weekend and take care.